Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Guns in Radio podcast. And now, give it up for your hosts, Chris Caputo and Dustin Bones. It's the Guns in Radio podcast coming to you from my very poorly put together new podcast room here. Yes. Hopefully, work in progress so far. It's better better than the last couple weeks, you know. Yeah, I, I, I kind of ghetto set up everything tonight just so we could try to have a little bit better sound. It is kind of echoey in here because I don't have any of the foam up. This room is totally incomplete. But, uh, like, it's so bad, man. I've even got my microphone attached to a suitcase sitting over here beside me that I'm using for a table. So, <laughs> but, through thick and thin, we are here. Caputo and I are together again to join you and bring you yet another award-winning podcast. This episode 76? Is it 78? Yeah, huh. we keep forgetting everyone. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be worse when we're like over 100. It's like, wait, we're at 99. Uh, oh, yeah, it is 78. Cause, uh, okay, so we are still taping these a little bit out of order. Uh, we're still on our blitz before I go on vacation, even though yeah. you guys are going to hear this on January 4th. Uh, I haven't even gone on my vacation yet. So we just want to make sure we've got, we've got all of our bases covered. And this is the last one of this set of pre-tapes. So... After this week, folks, we'll be back again with uh, some more up-to-date episodes, if you will. We'll yeah. be able to talk about current events and shit. Mm, back to a more regular taping schedule, unless, you know, shit happens, but it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully shit won't happen for a little yeah. while, because moving, in, moving sucks ass, man, let me <laughs> fucking tell you. But I've left the my high-rise Skyline apartment in Jefferson City, and I've come to this new beautiful house uh, that I'm staying in now. So uh, it's 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 all it's it's a trade up. It's a trade up, I guess. Surely comes complete with this soon-to-be podcast studio. So I'm looking oh, forward. Yeah having that put together but what about you my friend what are you up to this week um well if we're are we doing this like in future tense or <laughs> uh, in present tense we've already well, we've already blown the lid off of that yeah we well, that present off. tense it, yeah well, present tense as we're recording this it's the right before christmas so um <laughs> just getting ready for christmas man <laughs> It's Christmas you... with the family since uh, all of Ontario is back on lockdown. So, oh, oh that sucks. Yeah. What do you guys do in Canada for Christmas? Do you do the Christmas crackers and the paper hats? And oh, it depends. Like usually, what I like our like Christmas thing was like we uh, like on the twenty fourth. It's always like my dad's side of the family, and then like twenty fifth, we go like my mom's side of the family and see like cousins and stuff there. So it's that equal trade off. Right on. Sounds like fun. Uh, and I'll tell you what else is fun. Once again, we're going to follow the same format we followed the last couple of weeks here. Uh, mm. uh, just to uh, give you guys some content. Our song of the day that we're going to be breaking down and reviewing later tonight is GB by Izzy Stradlin. What does GB mean? 
You know, I don't know. Hopefully we'll find out in just yeah. a little bit. We can start yeah. listing off what we think it means. Uh, what do you think it means? I don't know. It could be Great Britain, GB, like, I don't know, something Great Balls. There you go, fire. Great Balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I swear God. to God. If we turn this on and it's Izzy Stradlin, you shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Great balls of fire. That's what Jerry Lee Lewis's cousin said. <laughs> oh, man. I love me some Jerry Lee. Oh, you're talking about that preacher that got caught fucking the hooker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking Jerry Lee Lewis, the singer, always ended up marrying one of his cousins. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Well, you know, his. Fire. His his cousin is also that preacher, uh, Jimmy Swaggered, the oh. one that got caught with the hooker. Oh. Oh That's Jerry God. Lee's. Uh, yeah, he's also Jerry Lee's cousin. Oh, jeez, they both come from some fucked up families. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, speaking of uh, of that, uh, uh, Jerry Lee is a prominent figure in music history we're going to take a look into some music history maybe jerry lee will come up on that list and we have we decided last week's watch along with lord t and eloise was so epic and so amazing with those million dollar boots that we wanted to dive back into some rap again and watch another what we think is probably going to be a shitty music video. So the question is, Mr. Caputo, what do you want to do first? We got a lot to dig into tonight. Oh yeah. Uh, let's get right with the music video. Um, let's, uh, you know, we've already been talking about it just like a few seconds ago. I say, why not? Let's uh, get a Kraken, get it loaded up. Um, for those who don't know, you want to be looking up, um, so this is uh, real numeral one. A former WWE wrestler, Enzo Amore, decided, well, now that I'm released from the company because I'm a rapist, I might as well make uh, <laughs> some fucking hip-hop. All right. Sorry, YouTube's making me watch an ad. <laughs> yeah. And the song is titled Phoenix. And there's a funny line where he talks about his penis in this one. I kind of got a giggle. Oh, good Lord. So uh, let me know when you're ready, Dustin, and uh, we will count this down. I'm ready to go when you are. Okay. Um, folks, you know, look up real number one, the word real number one, the literal number one, uh, Phoenix. And you're in probably like the first one. It's like a world star link. You probably, um, you could probably look up Enzo Amore Phoenix and have just as much, uh, just as much luck. That's true. That's true. Um, so hopefully we got it ready right now. Let's count them down. Oh, Dustin. oh hang on. There oh. we go. All right, oh, here we go. Right. In three, two, one, and press play. World star. Is that me? <laughs> that is how no, I eat my is... Oreos. No, this is Enzo making fun of the fans who made him fucking relevant, aka wrestling fans. I don't know, man. That looks a lot like me. <laughs> this looks like if one of the guys from LMFO gained like 600 pounds. <laughs> That's what I said, bro. 
It's different words. <laughs> I don't like how he opened up the cookie and didn't eat it, though. There we go. Sloppy, sloppy son of a bitch. <laughs> The fuck's he saying? <laughs> this guy's gonna fire? This is bullshit. You're watching. He's just like, he's got like the fact is gonna fuck and like Enzo Morris and Tag is gonna be like, like shut the fuck up, get out of here with that friggin' uh. You know what? That is the most realistic. That's the most realistic shit Enzo's ever done. He's just being annoying and nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. And look, this guy clearly has fucks to give and he just doesn't (laughs) give them for Enzo. There's like no kind of rhythm here. It's just him screaming. Yeah. I'm gonna scream at my haters. What are you, like a fucking Trump supporter? (laughs) Probably. Oh, wow. Of course. Oh, look. Triple H, man. Suck it. (laughs) And you like super kick it, dude. Like, you're cool. There's like, I mean, is uh, this ain't even music. Like, this ain't even good rap. Like, he doesn't even have, like, a rhythm. Yeah, it's all over the place. You know what he did? He recorded this bullshit, and somebody at World Star was like, hey, man, that's fucking embarrassing. Why yeah, don't you release you it with like, us? <laughs> yeah, you have, like, a slight relevant name. No problem. If, like, more than five people know who you are, yeah, that's pretty good, then, I guess, according to World Star. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> He's already so irrelevant. The whole world just forgot him. Yeah. Like, think about when was the last time you thought about this fucker? Like a year ago, and that was it when he did a shoot interview. <laughs> I like the reference here. Like he's driving around the coffin. Like Big Boss Man drove around Big Show's dad in the coffin. Oh, <laughs> <back in> time <laughs> in '99. <laughs> You know what the difference between that and this is? What? That was entertaining. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> With Big Show riding on it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I think this might be the worst of the shitty music videos. And we've watched some shit on this show. Yeah. This is like bottom of the barrel. I, there, there's a couple that are worse, but this is <laughs> close to it. Was he burying himself? <laughs> Might as well. I mean, if Triple H didn't do it already. <laughs> Certified D-E-D. I think he's trying to spell dead. Yeah, but uh, the only thing learned in school is about grabbing his consensual penis, unfortunately. Oh, 
fuck the marks. Oh, wow. Every carny in wrestling has been saying that for 30 years. <laughs> oh, well, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. The penis, oh, sorry, Phoenix is uh, over and done with. Yeah. Wow, I don't even got any words. I, yeah, I that was fucking that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's mumble rap, and then there's just dude yelling into microphone rap, and this is that. I think it's an insult to rap. I don't look. I hate rap. That's my least favorite genre, next to country, and maybe bluegrass. But man, like at least with rap, rap goes one of two ways. It's either epic or it's shit. There ain't no middle ground. That, that was the shit that the shit, shit, shits. <laughs> that, was, that was sewer right there. That was a sewage. That, that was the worst hunk of garbage I've ever sat through. On this show or not. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll probably go through worse in, in the years to come, but... <laughs> I can't think of one that we've seen so far that was worse than that. And we watched body rolls, tight pan. <laughs> Honey, we haven't even hit the Mecca yet. <laughs> you know, um, let's just say uh, there's a particular song that's a day of the week. Oh, there's God. The hint. <laughs> you know, it's funny you bring that up. Because before the show, when we were trying to decide what music video we were going to watch today, I almost suggested that one. I think we should save that for like a, a like a milestone episode. <laughs> well, we do got 100 coming up in 25 weeks, and that'll be here before you know it. Yeah. Oh, no. That could be like a season finale right there. Episode 100. Is it going to be? It could be in 25 weeks. Rough when this airs, maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, bud. That's that Rona. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, like when you get that, like, one, like, it's still, like, you know, something's, like, you're still stuck in there, but you got that weird, like, tickle in the back of your throat. Oh, like when you watch an Enzo Amore music video and then you fucking start dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm surprised that didn't give me fucking COVID. <laughs> well, Enzo, you sure showed those marks in that music video you just did, son. I'll tell you. Oh, uh, yeah. You just alienated the only people who still gave a shit about you. Yeah, well, let's be real. I mean, okay, let me put it this way. The only time I ever give a fuck about Enzo Amore was when he was a big cast. Mm-hmm. And then they separated him, which was fucking stupid. Because Big Cass was boring on his own, and Enzo was just obnoxious on his own. And at least when they was together, you know, they kind of, they kind of like you had Big Cass's boringness to mellow out the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the annoyingness of Enzo. And then you didn't notice how boring Cass was because Enzo was there, and you didn't notice how absurdly obnoxious Enzo was because Big Cass was there. Mm-hmm. So it kind of mellowed each other out made a damn good tag team. And then they split them up. When they split them up, that's when his career was over as far as I was concerned. Enough about wrestling. Let's talk about rock and roll. Yeah. 
It's time for On This Day in Rock and Roll History! Hey, that fits. That's enough of that. All right. So, <laughs> uh, you want to kick it off or you want me to kick it off? What year are we starting in? Uh, let me see. I think there's one. Oh, actually, let's start right here. January 4th, 1954, four days before his 20th birthday, Elvis Presley made his second visit to the Memphis Recording Service and cut two songs on a 10 acetate. Is that what the fuck that means? Says? 10-inch demo, whatever, okay, let's say he paid $4 uh, yeah, to re- record a 10-inch demo at the Memphis Recording Service and opens the public business run by Sam Phillips. Uh, the two songs Presley recorded, Casual Love Affair and I'll Never Stand in Your Way, impressed Phillips enough that he had Elvis record his first professional sides for Sun Records the following August. That's, that is an important moment in history, but I've got oh. one that I also feel like is important, and I'm going to rewind to 1950. Because on this day in 1950, two years after Columbia Records introduced the 33 and a third RPM long-played vinyl record, RCA announced that they will also start using that format. Vinyl is changing in 1950. Yeah. And then in 1954, you know, Elvis come along. It's like everything's falling into place for rock and roll to be awesome. Yeah, and speaking of rock and roll, on this day in 1959, uh, Richie Valens' La Bamba enters the Billboard Hot 100 at number 81. It ended up peaking at number 22 a month later and is regarded as a rock and roll classic. Is that what I think it is? Is that La 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 Bamba? La Bamba. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Let's see. Let's throw in a... Uh... A snippet here. Let's rock and roll, Caputo. (laughs) This was metal back then. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is it's all saying. Oh my god, I remember when um Rock was cutting that one promo on Eddie Guerrero and he was doing it to the tune of La Bamba. Oh Eddie got that <laughs> just keeps cutting him off. <laughs> Someone YouTube that. That's good shit right there. Oh, man. I put in La Bamba the and La Bamba the Rock was one of the first ones that come up. <laughs> Hang on. Eddie Ganetto. You want a shot at the great one, but there's only one problem is you never told him whether you will cheat or whether you will tell the rock ain't done the rock out some more it goes like this Guerrero and the rock in this ring will meet and when it's all over the rock whooping ass on Latino heat 
You know that fucker is probably dying on the inside, right? Then I was gonna say, how can you not corpse at that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. In 1961, after leaping from number 100 to number 50 last week, Mark Denning's Teen Angel enters number 40 on the Billboard Pop Chart. Teen Angel, yeah. What's your uh, What's your uh, what's your favorite Mark Denning song? Um, I don't have one. Let's <laughs> see <laughs> what this is. This was Teen Angel, Teen Angel, Teen Angel. Yeah, I instantly regretted that. All right, let's move on. <laughs> That's fucking depressing for 1961. Jeez, <laughs> depressing for 2020. Oh man! Well, a year later, the British music magazine Mercy 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 uh, Mercy Beat Mercy Beat yeah Mercy Beat published a group popularity poll which shows that the Beatles, so oh God, is at the top, well ahead of Jerry and the Pacemakers, the Remo Four, Rory Storm and the Hurricanes, Johnny Sandon and the Searchers, and a rare copy of this edition. Recently sold for $2,500. Yeah, fuck the Beatles, man. I guess when all you had was... See, now that makes a lot of sense that the, uh, that the fucking Beatles are so goddamn popular. Because when this is what you're listening to... <laughs> just two... Yeah, the, the Beatles had some spunk compared to this shit, where it just like sounds like someone like cutting themselves, cutting their wrists or some shit. <laughs> this is the start of that emo shit. Literally. Man, you know, I I did it again to uh, I did it again to uh, like try to try to bring myself up a little, little bit. So now I need a little something to let's bring the mood back up again. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Guns and the Radio. <laughs> we talk shit on Arriba, arriba. Okay. We couldn't put as good as Dwayne, so. Yeah, we yeah, nobody could do it as good as Dwayne. Dwayne! <laughs> when I say Dwayne, I mean Dwayne Johnson, not Dwayne, not the other Dwayne. <laughs> Oh man. In 1965, CBS purchased the Fender Guitar Company for $13 million. Let's adjust that for inflation. Ooh. Let's see. Let's get some math in here. $13 million. In 2021? I'll put in 1965. Mm-hmm. Inflation calculator. Here we go. 13 million 1965 to 2020 whoa holy shit today that would be 107 million 396 thousand 95 dollars and 24 cents yeah 
That's a hell of an acquisition for them. Yeah, 107, 107 and a half mil. Might as well be. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, now, Fender uh, is a damn good guitar, though. So. Can't complain. Can't complain about that. Um, on this day in 1967, The Doors released their self-titled debut album, uh, featured their breakthrough single Light My Fire and the lengthy song The End with its Oedipal speak and word section. The album was recorded at Sunset Sound Studios in Hollywood, California over six days, and unique packaging of the album included each band member's bio. Huh. The Doors. In that it would be not a bad song. Like my fires, that's one of my one of their better songs. Yeah, the Doors is kind of an overrated band, but Light My Fire is a good song. Yeah. Let's see here. What else we got? I have another one here. All right. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of, on the same day, also in 1967, uh, the Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix Experience played the first of what would be over 240 gigs in the year when they appeared at the Bromwell Club in Bromley. Um, any of the concerts were two shows per night, it says in brackets there, too. Good Lord. Damn. Who plays two shows in one night, man? Um, well, some bands have done that recently. I was going to say, like, uh, I know, like, Steel Panther were doing some uh, drive-in shows, and they did, like, an early show and a late show. Okay, I can see that. You know, it's funny you mentioned Jimi Hendrix and the Doors, because any time I see somebody wearing a uh, Doors t-shirt or a Jimi Hendrix t-shirt, one of the things I like to ask is, name five songs by the Doors, or name five songs by Jimi Hendrix. And so far, nobody been able to do it. Um, I mean, I think I've seen a YouTube video of that. But he's asking, like, dudes of, like, like these metalcore, like, those other, like, fucking hard rock bands. Some of them get it. Some of them are like, well, I don't know. So, yeah, you get a 50-50 <laughs> with that stuff. It depends on the artist, though, I'd say. Yeah. I feel like if someone's wearing a GNR shirt, you're probably in a better chance. So at least, no three out of five. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, just fucking GNR, dude. <laughs> nobody say, can. Nobody AC, can. ACDC, probably get a good. They'll probably know oh, some yeah. ACDC. Um, if, you, yeah. if you got on an ACDC shirt and you can't name five ACDC songs, you ain't got no business having a radio in your car. Yeah, you have <laughs> no business listening to music in general. Yeah. In 1974, Marvin Gaye makes his first concert appearance in over four years at Oakland, Cal- in uh, yeah, Oakland, uh, all, uh, Oakland, California is where the fucking thing was, and he recorded his album Marvin Gaye Live. Oh, wow. <laughs> Elton John remade uh, in 1975. Elton John remade. The Beatles, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, to become his tenth number, his tenth U.S. top ten hit, and his third number one. This recording also featured John Lennon on guitar. Oh, wow, 
pull that one off. Nice. Um, I'm going to take it back a few years, actually, in history, because this one, this one happened over 50 years ago on this day in 1970. Tragedy struck the Who when a gang of teens attacked Keith Moon's Bentley limo. His chauffeur, Neil Boland, got out to try and protect the car, but he left it in gear and it started moving. And Keith Moon, who didn't have a driver's license, jumped behind the wheel, but his chauffeur is basically being beaten to death and fell into the car. And then Keith Moon goes, Ur! and it basically uh, he killed uh, his own chauffeur, which uh, is, yeah, that's a very brutal incident in rock history. Oh, man, dude. Can you imagine living with that? Yeah. Well, yeah, it even says here, though the inquest absolved the Keith Moon of blame, uh, Neil's family didn't, and neither did Moon himself, and he's been haunted by the incident for the rest of his life. And I think he died, like, a few years later after this. Uh, that's rough. Oh, you brought me down, Caputo. Now I need to, I need to, I need to get fired back up again. Yeah, let's, uh, I have another one. Oh. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> when something depressing happens on this show, I'm just going to play this. <laughs> I know all of the words and I'm not just making shit up. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so let's right. bring it to uh, 1977. The year Star Wars came out. That's true. But also on this day in 1977, another overrated band, the Sex Pistols, board a plane at London's Heathrow Airport and proceed to be as noxious as possible. A flight attendant would later tell the press, these are the most revolting people I've ever seen. They called us filthy names and insulted everyone in sight. That sounds about right. You remember back when the people thought all you had to do to be punk rock was just be annoying? Yeah, now, now that's what we call edgelords in 2021. Yeah. Or, or people would... or incels who like, still jack off in their mom's basement. Uh, let's see well mine shoots way up I don't know if we're looking at the same I know we're not looking at the same list I'm going right now (laughs) Uh, well mine shoots way up to 2004 have you got something between then and there that's really good Um, I I think there's a couple here actually Uh, oh right here on this day in 2001 uh, famed uh, stealer of Queen songs, Vanilla Ice, spent the night in jail after allegedly ripping out some of his wife's hair. <laughs> this, it gets better here. He told police he pulled out some of his wife's hair to prevent her from jumping out of their truck's window. He was released the following morning on $3,500 bail. Okay, so let's look at all the rappers that have gone to jail. Didn't uh, Tupac shoot a guy? Yeah, he was <laughs> in prison for a year. Okay, uh, let's see. You got Snoop, countless marijuana possession charges, to the point that they don't even care anymore. They don't even fuck with arresting him anymore. <laughs> it's like they know he's got weed on him. You got that one guy that's in prison for murder that kept releasing rap albums over the phone. Oh, yeah. I forget his name. That's a lot of them, probably. Yeah. And then you got Vanilla Ice. 
<laughs> That's some crazy shit. <laughs> what the fuck? He pulled out his wife's weave. <laughs> bitch, give me that weave. You don't deserve that shit, bitch. <laughs> Motherfucker, I paid for this. <laughs> this cost me a whole $35. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it was one of them Halloween costume wigs from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vanilla Ice, you never cease to be an embarrassment to my race. Um, oh yes. Um, <laughs> luckily, Eminem. Luckily for him, Eminem came along, and he got to be the new embarrassment to white people. Um, I guess you ever so. been? No, yeah. You ever been doing that? You know, you're out, you're hanging out with all your black friends, and then Eminem come on the radio, and you just feel a little bit of shame. Like, <laughs> has that ever happened to anybody but me? Uh, I don't recall. I don't, I don't think that's ever happened. And then, to and and then everybody starts. I feel like everybody's looking at me like I had something to do with this, and I'm like, look, <laughs> it, it ain't me, man. I don't like it either. Turn this shit off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eminem comes on, and all of a sudden you see everybody turn around, look at me in the back seat, like. And I'm like, no, no, I don't even have to look up from my phone. I'm just like, I can feel your look. <laughs> you can feel just like the the stare of death, like motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. In 2008. New music industry data showed that the number of U.S. albums sold last year had tumbled 9.5% from 2006, even as the number of digital tracks soared by 45%. It would be about four years later I would start paying for music again. (laughs) Just because... (laughs) Just because it was more convenient to pay the dollar on iTunes than it was to hook up my iPod and sync it and all that bullshit. I would just take, I had an iPhone at the time and I would just buy the song because then it would just be on here and I wouldn't have to fuck with that. Yeah. If I liked the artist enough and like, like the majority of their songs, I would be more, I was more inclined to like buy maybe a full album or whatever, or I'd pre order an album. And dude, it even sucks for us, like Canadian people on iTunes because the songs went from 99 cents. Oh, and we got to charge the Canadian price $1.29. Fuck that. Damn. Yeah. And they charge all these random prices for fucking songs. So it's like, Oh, the song's on sale for like 60 cents. But what, what the fuck is this shit? Thank God streaming came along because like, I mean, streaming does have its cons, but I would prefer that just because I get access to whatever the fuck I want. And it's just more easier for music discovery. I told you, man, y'all quit using that Monopoly money and start switching to real money and then prices have risen. Listen, man, I was, I was a child of LimeWire, so. <laughs> Motherfucker, I was a Napster kid. Don't even go talking yeah. to me with your LimeWire. It was Kazaa, which like basically raped your computer with a virus. LimeWire yeah. was risky, but you had a, at least like a, a 50-50 chance at best. Downloading a song with Kazaa or LimeWire is like having sex with the internet without a condom. Literally. It's just like, <laughs> here, computer, do do the dirty deed. Literally. <laughs> now there's torrents, and there's so much damn trouble, it's not even worth it. Like, you just soon buy the damn thing, then fuck with torrents. 
It depends. I mean, they're, if you really want something that bad, it's pretty easy to find. <laughs> yeah, all I got to do is, hey, Caputo, I know you fuck with Torrents, bro. Can you hook me up with this thing I want? <laughs> the, for sure. But you got to admit, that's usually what I do. <laughs> it's been a couple. I'm always like, trying to get shit first. People send me stuff. They don't even send you stuff. They're like, oh, Chris Caputo, here's some GNR shit. And I'm like, oh, look, Dustin, someone sent it to this. May like it. Yeah, but see, my problem is, is like when people send me shit, I don't download it immediately, and then the link expires because I'm always, I'm always doing something. Like when I leave here and we finish this up, I'll be fucking doing something else. I might chill, might chill. Every once in a blue moon, I get to pick up my sticks and play PlayStation. Every once <laughs> in a blue. Hell, I'm going to work tomorrow, and then starting my vacation. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, man, I'm telling you, it's always something. Always, always, always something, especially uh, I'm going to move back a bit in time here because this one's too good. We have to bring this up. Okay. January 4th, 2004, Britney Spears had her surprise marriage annulled less than 55 hours after tying <laughs> the knot in Las Vegas with Jason Alexander. And no, not the guy who played uh, George Costanza. Uh, oh, that's too bad, man. That's a different <laughs> Jason Alexander. That would, have been, that would have been a whole Seinfeld season right there. I was about to say, man, um, I was thinking that was Kevin Federline. And I, I think was gonna say, after this. Man, Kevin Federline, he's got the life I always wanted. You know, you marry like this rich woman and then like <laughs> you kind of just you sit like, at home on the couch all day. And <laughs> he's yeah, what I call a like couch. guilty by association. Yeah. <laughs> in the sense that like the fame just rubs on him so he's like I gotta fucking do something and then he made a shitty rap album oh it's yeah literally, I forgot about I think made people deaf probably literally because that's how bad it was was it worse than Enzo Amore um it depends <laughs> depends that's a hard one to top <laughs> that's a hard one I think there's some music videos we can find that's definitely future shitty uh music video watch along uh content <laughs> I mean, as if we're not torturing ourselves with, like, shitty songs on here, we're going to torture ourselves more with even more shittier songs with accompanying music videos to them. <laughs> you know, he's just irrelevant enough that he might hear this podcast. <laughs> Bro, uh, okay, come on, defend yourself. I will shit talk you till the ends of the earth because you fucking suck. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Hang on a second. Oh, shit, dude, Enzo Amore is walking through my door right fucking now. No shit. Oh, fuck, he's already heard it. Yo, man! You, <laughs> you got something to say about that music video, G? Let me tell you something. That was the best music video. Oh, wait, I forgot. <laughs> this is a certified G and a bona fide stud. And you can't teach that. <laughs> and I know you can't teach it because they tried to teach me how to rap. And then when I was done, they said, well, we sure couldn't teach that. And I was like, word. <laughs> so fuck y'all hater marks. <laughs> oh, he just left, huh? Oh. Are you sure that wasn't Vince Neal as Enzo Amore? <laughs> hey, don't you come bringing me into this bullshit, okay? I ain't had nothing to do with that shitty music video. Yeah, okay, Vince, you, you made yourself look like a shitty music video. <laughs> you know what? 
I get sick and tired of every time I come on this show being harassed by this Canadian, Italian, motherfucking Mexican, I don't know what the fuck he is. He's sitting over here, he's talking all this shit about me, and he's pissing me off. So you know what? Screw you guys, I'm going home. I thought you left him behind already, Dustin. I don't know how the fuck he got in here, dude. I locked all the doors. The dude's like fucking herpes. He just never leaves. Yeah, I didn't tell him I wasn't paying the rent in the old apartment no more. I don't know how he, he didn't seem to notice all my shit was gone. Well, you tried locking in the closet. Oh, I tried that. You can't keep him in there. He's a big boy. <laughs> I mean, them closets ain't as big as they look, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean you gotta be aware of thick. Gotta be aware of thick daddy Vinny over there. I mean, it is a walk-in closet, but I mean, still. <laughs> hey, fuck you! All right, Vince, all oh. right. You made your point. I'll slap him through Skype. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> uh, let's see. In it's 2011... Oh, you got one? You do yours. Yeah, continue on the Britney Spears thing. Four years after her 55-hour marriage... She was carried out of her home on a stretcher and taken into custody after police were called in a dispute involving her children. Police were called to her home over a family custodial yeah, custodial dispute that they tried to resolve after nearly three hours. She handed over her children to her ex-husband, Kevin fucking Federline. <laughs> come small circle. <laughs> and then he come busting in that door like... <laughs> I got so custody. <laughs> Give me fucking child support because my rap album failed to chart. I can't go back to being a backup dancer because I'm shit. Wait, he was a dancer? He was originally a backup dancer, I think, for Britney Spears. <laughs> okay, I don't even know. You obviously remember. never learned to uh, not shit where you work or where you eat you know huh and then people wonder why her family controls her shit because britney spears seems here is fucking crazy she's not capable of controlling her own she couldn't balance a checkbook with 15 bucks much less 15 million that's a good (sighs) point in 2015, David Cassidy won a lawsuit against Sony Pictures Television over non-payment royalties from the Parchment Rent family, Partridge family merchandise. They first filed the lawsuit in 2011 and was settled out of court for $160,000, but a return court date was set to recover another 58 grand in legal fees and 36 grand in interest. For the fucking Partridge family? Okay, you know how, like... People still uh, gave a shit about that? Okay, look, so we got, what? Let's say, round about 250 grand is all the Partridge family's royalties were worth. They tried to sue Rick for, what, two or three million? Oh, <laughs> over GNR? Let's put Jesus. that into perspective. Um... Yeah, music that you weren't going to release anyways. So, yeah, let's try to make $3 million off what could have happened if you fucking released it. Assholes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. At least the Partridge family. That shit. You know, I've never actually seen the Partridge family. It's like if... I always heard it's like if the Brady Bunch sucked. 
Well, the Brady Bunch did suck, so they both sucked. So, well, apparently the Partridge family's worse. They don't even re-air it anywhere. I was gonna say where half the people who are alive there who watched it are dead. Oh, there's that one redheaded crazy fucker that was on there. What was his name? Or maybe that was him. Caratop? No, no, no. Um, Quentin David Cassidy. I don't know. Is that the person we were just talking about? <laughs> no, I don't think it's him. He was on like the Surreal Life and all that VH1 reality show shit back in the early 2000s. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, somebody's got red hair. He was on the Partridge family. Uh, what is his name? Hang on, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna solve this mystery. All right, while you do that, I will um, go back into history here. On this date in two thousand nine, uh, Led Zeppelin singer Robert Plant was voted the greatest voice in rock by listeners of the radio station Planet Rock. Ah, they come up again this week in On This Day. Uh, Robert Plant beat out Freddie Mercury, Paul Rogers of Free, and Ian Gillen of Deep Purple uh, to the top spot in the UK poll. Nice. Wow. I hope Axel Rose made that list because that would be fucking bullshit. Yeah, indeed. It's indeed. Danny Bonaduce is who I'm thinking of. Ah, uh, there you go. See, now, now the name is fucking familiar. Yeah, I knew it once I got Bonaduce. the name. I knew when I got the name, uh, I would, uh, <clears throat> I have it. And uh, so, uh, in 2017, Nelson Music reported that sales of George Michael's music had skyrocketed in the days following his death last Christmas Day. The former Wham, I'm sorry, the former Wham singer sold around. 447,000 albums and songs in the week ending December 29th compared to the 17,000 the week before, an increase of 2,678%. Wow. Honestly, that just shows, goes to prove that it doesn't matter who you are, famous, not famous, you're worth more to people fucking dead than you are alive. Sadly, that's true. Sadly, because, dude, like, we all just take advantage of not even just our time here on this fucking planet. Everyone else's stuff. It's like, you know, you're talking shit about one uh, guy, and then the next day, boom, R.I.P. Oh, fuck. Yeah, hopefully nobody we shit-talked in this episode dies before it airs. Let's hope not. I mean, it's 2020. We lost too many fucking people, man. That's a, a brutal fucking year. It was like maybe, 2016 maybe. with the amount of friggin' celebrity deaths. Like, Jesus. Maybe Enzo Amore we can get away with. What? Ah, uh, who cares? <laughs> but just in case, listen, if anybody we shit talk died in the segment, died before the segment aired, we want to apologize and give you guys a little something to make you feel better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got one more. Can this be our new theme song? <laughs> oh, Reba, Reba. Okay. Um, you got one more for us and we'll move on. Um, let me see. We got a... Let's see. Um, that was what twenty 
17. Um, no, that's two more. Maybe I can end on a death. Um, okay, this this one actually happened one year ago, January 4th, 2020. Uh, Miley Cyrus reached a settlement in a $300 million copyright infringement lawsuit that accused the singer of stealing her 2013 hit, We Can't Stop. The lawsuit filed back in 2018 was made by a Jamaican songwriter, Michael May, who alleged that her song, We Can't Stop, replicated his 1988 track, We Run Things. Okay, let's see. I've got it loaded up here. Let's see if it sounds anything like we're gonna We're going to do a comparison here. Let's see if this is... We're going to do the ultimate. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not hearing it myself. Actually, you know what? I think I hear it. I think I hear it. I thought you were actually serious. Well... Oh, I think you know. I think he might have a point there. Uh, <laughs> you fucking ass! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to get into our song of the day? Yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break here, and uh, we're gonna get right into it. GB by Izzy Stradlin. Hey, man, can I see your meat? Ooh, wait. Why do you want to see? I want to compare, man. You know, see if mine is as impressive as I think. I guess that's fine. Here. Oh, that's big. Meaty too, bro. I know, right? Come to where meat is always above average. Belly Busters Submarine Sandwiches. The biggest and meatiest in Toronto. Uh, before we get started with the song of the day, I do want to say I liked your commercial you played in the edit last week. You Ooh, made that? Well, like you felt like that? Yeah, that, that was an old one. That's like one of the better ones I had from, um, I wasn't like producing it. I just did like a little voice work on it. It was like a little project back from uh, my college days. I uh, hope you guys liked the one I put in this episode just a few seconds ago. So. Oh, nice. Let, me know, let right. us know what you think, guys, on our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Guns and Radio Pod. We've got to get to that 200, Insta- uh, 200 Twitter follower goal, sorry. Uh, get oh, that bonus yeah. show or 150 Facebook likes, which are like, I think we're less than 20 away as we're recording this right now. And then 50,000 total plays, downloads across all our episodes. And right now on that goal, we are at 39,000 at the time of this recording. Uh, damn, 11,000 away. There, there's definitely a bonus show coming well, coming soon. We're gonna, we got to get more of these. I'm having fun doing those, man. Uh, I am too, man. Uh, well, let's, let's get, get into song of the way. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's get uh, let's get into uh, GB by Izzy Stradlin. Here we go. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now, now that you can say it, I low key wanna. <laughs> Izzy Stradlin's a cover of La Bamba. Okay, here we go. (laughs) 
22 seconds in and we're already off to a much better start than last week. Yeah, yeah. I'm liking the fast pace here. Um little little rock ability here. I'm I'm digging it so far. Let's uh let's see where it goes. I do have the lyrics pulled up, so if any time we uh want to go to those, we'll go to those. And they're pretty much uh pretty much the same here. It's another oh. one of those repetitive songs, but at least it's better than you know, go get the ball, y'all. X fourteen. <laughs> Ironically, this is from the same album. Uh, we already covered oh. two songs from this album: uh, "Ball" and "Ship" from this album. Oh, okay. Wait, what was Concrete. the other one? "Ship." Ship. Okay. Okay. All right, so read us some lyrics. Let's see what All right. we got so far. Yeah, because it's, it's pretty much the same thing, uh, just three times over. So here we go. Here's the lyrics for the entire song. You do this times three. Uh, I ain't going back and nobody can make me. I ain't going back because I'm living clean. We're living in a bad room, self-created. I ain't going back, never, never seen. Never again, we say. Never again, we say. Never again, they say. Never again, they say. And that looks like it repeats, actually, mostly twice, because then they change the lyrics in one of them here, so. You say I ain't going back. I ain't going back, say. You can't make me, Dick Tracy. <laughs> so I guess GB stands for going back is what we've learned so far. Yes, I was going to mention that too. Like, it doesn't stand for like a giant bukkake or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's sorry. That's Team Brazil. Oh, bukkake. <laughs> So he does say, I ain't going back to the shitty food. Is that one of the lyrics? Yeah. Sounds like he's not going back to prison. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Or a hospital bed.
hitting the double guitar solo. Ooh. All right. GB by Izzy Stradlin, folks. And that's it. What was different? I didn't hear anything different. You said the words change a little bit there at the end. Oh, shit. Hang on. I literally just closed them. Let me reopen these. Hang on. Uh, so, yeah, the second verse is, I ain't going back because this narrow suits this narrow suits me. I ain't going back for this shitty food. We're living in a box with a big-end doorway. Got to keep it clean. It's the golden rule. And then in the third round he says i ain't going back because nobody can make me um oh that's that the first two lines the same so he goes i ain't going back because nobody can make me i ain't going back because i'm living clean we're living in a bad room you created and the first time he said self-created and he says i am never going back to a scene so it kind of it mostly changes in the second one and the third one is just a few uh words here and there but that changes the meaning entirely basically all right uh well ratings time uh whose turn is it to go first uh i don't even remember i mean uh you want me to go first i'll go first um song's all right i'm not crazy about it um i don't know what it is but ever since that one episode with uh jeff from jenner central we did i cannot stop hearing disney channel influences and is this <laughs> music now it sounds like a fucking disney channel music <laughs> I can hear it. I was thinking of like 45 seconds. I'm like, man, this sounds like it would be like, you know, like one of those Disney Channel shows where it's like, oh, the main character is in like a Battle of the Bands thing, and here's the song they play, and they win the fucking talent show. <laughs> and it's always like a shitty song. <laughs> it's like, let's just have you guys sing it. You can't sing it all, but sure, why not? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, other than that, though, like, it's it's not bad, it's not terrible. Would I ever listen to the song again? Uh, likely not. Um, I mean, maybe if it comes on randomly, sure, maybe. If I'm, like, bored and I want to listen to something else, why not? But yeah. otherwise, I mean, it's good. I like how it started off. It's the same pace. The solos at the end are pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Other than that, like this is this is an it's an okay Izzy Stradlin song, so I'm gonna probably go in the vein of uh, let's say two point five on this one. It's right in the middle. Um, it probably just needs a little more of something else to give it maybe the three and above edge, but right down the middle, I think is pretty good with this one. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think uh, it's one of the better Izzy songs at all. I, I I didn't hate it though, like I did last week. Last week, my God. Even listening to the episode back and having to hear that song again was just taxing to my brain. Let me put it yeah, that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that last week, I may want to retract the rating before I forget. Because <laughs> I gave that one too high of a rating. And I listened to it again. I said, wow, that's fucking terrible. So I'm going to go oh. back. I said two and a half. I'm going to give it a one on that one. So. Oh, there you have it, folks. Caputo's changing his rating from last week to a one. What did I give it? I think I gave it a zero because I was you just... You went zero. I mean, yeah, I we haven't gone into the negative, like, rapid-fire territory in a while. No, no. Well, this one's not that bad either. 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, by comparison, just to that song alone, this is a fucking 20 star song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this a, I'm going to also give it a 2.5. Uh, because I liked the music, the guitar work in it, I thought it was really, really good. The intro was really good. It had a good, like, upbeat thing. I probably wouldn't turn this on my radio, but if I went to saw, see an Izzy, an Izzy show, an Izzy set, and he played this, I could sit through it for three minutes and probably enjoy myself if I were hearing it live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I'd agree with that. Like, uh, we, we don't hate the song, but, like, we, we're not, like, crazy about it either. So it's like, it's like one of those kind of things. Yeah. Well, you want to spin the wheel and see what song we're getting next week? Hell yeah. Let's keep the momentum rolling here for a new year. Damn straight. Why did you quit beep booping? Uh oh. Oh, I had to start over. Hollywood Rose. Killing oh. Time by Hollywood Rose. Back to some more pre-GNR Axel. This will be interesting. Yes. The last time I think we did a Hollywood Rose song. Did we do a Hollywood Rose song? Oh, no, no, no. That was Anything Goes, but we listened to the demo of that by Hollywood Rose. And now it's the most shit. But let's see how they do with an actually original song that wasn't ended up used on AFD. It was ended up used on Live Like a Suicide, though. So this does have a Guns N' Roses version, mm-hmm. uh, which we will probably also discuss. I mean, it's going to have uh, a lot of things to talk about when we get into Killing Time because the song is going to have some history to it. So, Oh, yeah. They'll help us quote-unquote kill time. <laughs> hey And we thank you uh, for Killing Time with us this week. On the Guns and Radio podcast, as we bring it to an end, don't forget to head over to GN Extra, where the conversation with the Buddha and I will continue. And until next week, I'm Dusty Bones. And I'm Chris Caputo. Welcome to 2021. Happy fucking New Year. We'll see you next week. Peace.